take our jealousy, take our hate, take our materialism, take my envy, take, take our profanity, take my drunkenness, take our hypocrisy, take our laziness, God, take our self-righteousness. Oh God, I need a clean heart. Oh God, I need you to create in me a clean heart. glad you've joined us here at Live in the Light. I'm your host, Craig Turnbull, and we're so thankful for all of our listeners out there, and we're thankful for the many ways that you have shown your support. Thankful for the ways, certainly, that you have financially supported this ministry. Thankful for the ways that you've gone on and let us know how God has been working in your life through this ministry. And certainly, most of all, most of all, so thankful for your many prayers. Listen, if God is calling you to support this ministry in any one of those ways, we'd love to hear from you. You can visit us online at liveinthelight.ca. That's liveinthelight, L-I-G-H-T dot C-A. Or you can phone us up at 1-844-22-LIGHT. That's 1-844-225-4448. All right, we're back into a fantastic text today, Psalm 51, and a heart that is cleansed, going for the cleansing that the Lord could give, and praying for all of us that we would be praying along with David, create in me a clean heart, O God. Here again is our teacher, Pastor Robbie Simons. God, I I need you alone that you can do it. You're the only one who can take this heart of sin and cause it to become clean again. Oh God, please, would you create in me a clean heart? Would you create in me, oh God, a clean heart because you can do it. Please, Lord, take our sin. Cleanse us from our sin, Lord. Take take our pride. Take the sexual sin in here right now. Take the perversion. Take the greed. Take the self-pity. Take our lust. Take our bitterness. Take our anger. Take our unforgiveness. Take our selfishness. Take our anxiety. Take our complaining. Take our self-indulgence. Take our vanity. Take our idolatry. Take our jealousy, take our hate, take our materialism, take my envy, take take our profanity, take my drunkenness. Take our hypocrisy, take our laziness, God. Take our self-righteousness. Oh God, I need a clean heart. Oh God, I need you to create in me a clean heart. But listen, bless David here. Bless him in the Psalm for his authenticity, for his sincerity, for his genuine nature of confession. Think about what he's done. He's written these words down, being led by God for the whole world to see. And so often you and I, we're afraid to become clean with one aspect of our lives because we're fearful people think of us and we're too proud to let people know what's really happening inside. It's a tragedy how many Christians forfeit the grace and power of God through their lives because they're unwilling to ever really become real before God or anyone else. It's a tragedy. 
It's a tragedy how many men go to their graves literally without ever knowing the full power and blessing of God because their pride has prevented them from releasing control of that which belongs to God anyways. And they hold and they hoard and they won't admit what's been wrong. They won't come clean. They don't believe in brokenness and they don't believe that God upholds the proud and gives grace to the humble and they forfeit God's grace and love to his full measure in this lifetime because they're too proud. That's a tragedy. That's a tragedy. And some of you here, even right now, the example of David, David doesn't care what a person thinks. David doesn't care what's going on. He just knows before God, that's all he's got. At the end of the day, his only identity is in Jesus Christ. Be released today. It does not matter what person A, B, or C thinks of you. It does not matter what your status you think. It does not matter of trying to control your reputation. God sees it all and he's the only one who counts. It's pride that gets in the way from us seeing a broken heart and therefore experiencing the joy, the power, the renewal, the grace, and the love of God to truly flow through our lives. Some of you will be asked today by God for the first time ever to allow yourself to be broken and to actually admit what you know has been there all along. And as you do that, you will begin to encounter the grace of God in a way you have ever, never known before. That's the opportunity. Notice in this Psalm, David is not saying, save me. David is saying, cleanse me. Let's understand this. Let's understand this. At the moment of our conversion, a genuine conversion by faith in Jesus Christ, the penalty of sin is removed. The penalty, that's justification. You are innocent now in the sight of God. But, At the moment of genuine conversion, once you are justified, you begin the process of sanctification where the battle for sin is on. The battle for the power of sin is on. Again, that is called sanctification. So as a genuine believer, our sin cannot change our status before God. Once saved, always saved. Jesus Christ saves you, you're saved forever. Listen, but our sin can clog his power through us. All of us have experienced drains at one point or another that have become clogged and either water is slowly trickling through or has stopped altogether. Let's take a bathroom drain. You ever notice the stuff that gets in your drain that starts to clog it? It is gross, all right? And it's black and hairy and filthy and disgusting. And one man came up to me last service. He goes, you realize, Robbie, that... That's our DNA and your hair that's in that drain. It's, it's, it's us, it's us in that drain. But if you pull it, it's just black and it's just, it's so gross and sick. So when you have a clogged drain, I get strange pleasure from these things, but I go buy a very powerful portion of liquid Drano and you, and you get this liquid Drano stuff and you go to the sink and, and you begin to pour it down. And I know that as the chemicals are released, I can imagine that disgusting filth is being eaten at and dissolved and disintegrated. And then you turn on the water and the water begins to flow and the, and the pipe begins to be cleared and the water no longer is clogged, but it flows through the drain. And inside I'm like, take that disgusting filth, take that you hideous creature that is alive in my sink and you're gone forever. And I, I, I look at myself sometimes Sometimes I go, why do I love this stuff so much? Why does this fire me up? Whether it's weeds in the garden or whether it's even a dirty plate after a meal saying, get off that 
that clean plate, make it clean again, or a clogged drain. I'm tell, I think it's because inherently within me, within me, there's this understanding. These are all metaphors. They're metaphors for the reality that I want my heart to be cleansed before the Lord. I want the filth of sin to be unclogged. I don't want it to get there again because I'm, I'm so sick of myself. I want the joy and the power and the love and the freedom and the grace of God and sin gets in the way. So God, you must clear my drain. God, you must unclog my heart. God, I want your living water to flow through me. That, that is what God wants to do. But, but, but this, this is the point of the Psalm right now. This is, this is what David's saying. God, unclog my drain. God, the sin is in the way. And for too long, I haven't cared. And David's like, I care now. Boy, I care now. And God, but you're the only one. You're the only one who can create in me a clean heart. You're the only one. And let me tell you this. When your heart experiences genuine confession and then genuine cleansing, I'm telling you, listen, You better get ready because blessing is coming. When your heart is cleansed by the Lord, wow, blessing is coming. What kind of blessing? This is what we see from our sub points here today. If your heart is genuinely cleansed, you're gonna find a few things. Here's the first thing you'll find. You'll find joy. You will find joy when your heart is truly cleansed by God. Look at verse eight. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones that you have broken That's amazing. Rejoice, he says. So David right here, he's anticipating the blessing of a clean heart. He's anticipating it and he knows it's packed with joy. Notice first the phrase, let the bones that you have broken. Okay, that's the effect of sin. Breaks our bones. At least it feels that way. Sin affects the innermost portion portion of our soul. You know, um, Psalm 32 Psalm 32, its context, many scholars believe, is the same context as Psalm 51, David's sin with Bathsheba and his murder with Uriah. Notice what David says here in Psalm 32 in the context of sin. He says this, notice, this is, this is amazing to me. He says, for when I kept silent, now silent is when I did not confess my sin, when I did not repent of what I knew was there. When I kept silent with my sin, my bones wasted away the innermost portion of me to the, to the very nature of my bones. It felt like they were wasting away through my groaning all day long. Just before he confessed his sin, when he was silent with his repentance, when he didn't do it, he was groaning all the time. It was so heavy upon him. I feel like he was hollowed out from the inside. For day and night, your hand was heavy upon me. That's amazing. Some of us right here in this room right now, you feel like the hand of God is heavy upon you. It's heavy upon you. And that's because, well, it could be because, because of the sin that is unconfessed within your life. Notice my bones wasted away. Some of you here today feel like your bones are wasting away. Notice through my groaning all day long, there's a lack of peace. There's a lack of rest. There's a lack of certainty in what the Lord is doing. Notice for day and night, your hand was heavy upon me. And notice this, my strength was dried up as by the heat of summer. Now, we haven't had many heat waves this summer. When you have a real strong heat wave, you know you get outside and it just, it's so hot and it does sap your strength. David says, before I came clean with my sin, this is all the things that were happening through my life. Some of you are here right now and the truth be told, you're exhausted. You're exhausted. There's a heaviness upon you. There's no peace that you can find. There's a groaning within. 
Could it be that it's not your workload? Could it be that it's not a simple need of rest? Could it be that it's because your drain is clogged? Could it be because there's sin in your life and heart that is yet to be dealt with by the Lord? David's saying in his life, that was what the problem was. He withheld his sin from the Lord. But once he confessed it, everything began to change. But then David says, let me hear joy and gladness. See that the bones that you have broken rejoice, but now he turns again. Let me hear joy and gladness. But the joy and gladness of what? It's the joy and gladness of forgiveness. Forgiveness. You see, the clean heart is the forgiven heart. The clean heart knows it's been forgiven by the Lord and the grace that is offered and granted. And that cleansing of the heart then leads to tremendous joy. So notice where there's true repentance, there's true rejoicing. Repentance and rejoicing always go together. So many people forfeit true joy because they are unwilling to repent. Sin places weight on us. Forgiveness takes it off. Sin shrouds us in darkness. Forgiveness ushers in light. Sin brings on misery. Forgiveness calls in joy. Sin estranges us from God. Forgiveness restores us to God. Sin plagues our conscience. When you are living in sin and you know it, your whole life, you're looking around. Are you gonna catch me? Are you gonna catch me? Are you gonna catch me? Or they're gonna find out it's an awful place to be. It's awful. Oh no, oh no, they're gonna fight. Because you're all the time, you know deep within, there's something going on that you hope no one actually discovers. Sin plagues your conscience. But a person with a clean conscience, a person with a clean conscience, you stand up and you say, go ahead, search me. I have nothing to hide. I have nothing to hide. That is a powerful feeling. That is a freedom of, of, of power and joy and blessing from the Lord. But again, the one who has a plagued conscience all the time looking around, is she gonna find out? Is she gonna find out? Are my parents gonna know? Oh, they're all the time, man. That stinks. But the power of a clean conscience, this is what David is seeking. This is when the joy and the gladness come in. Loved ones, when you have a cleansed heart by the Lord, only he can give, you will find joy. You will find joy in the forgiveness and the power of the gospel and the love that he gives. It's awesome. You will also find this blessing when your heart is cleansed. You will find renewal. You will find renewal. Again, look at verse 10. In verse 10, it says, creating me a clean heart, O God, and renew and renew a right spirit within me. Renew is such a beautiful word. It means to restore, to repair, means to renovate or reconstruct. The idea is to make like new. It implies a restoration to a former state. We've all seen a, a piece of furniture that has been broken down and, and either rusted or tarnished and just looks kind of awful. But then someone comes along and they fix that piece of furniture. They put a screw in or they hammer it back together and then they sand it down and then they either paint it or put some varnish on whatever. And they do all this work and all of a sudden this piece of furniture now is restored to the way it once was. That's the idea that is happening right here. It's so beautiful. And that's what God offers today. Renewal in him through a cleansed heart. There'll be many of us here right now that we think back to the past and we're like, yeah, I remember a couple of years ago when I had a passion for Christ and 
And I remember several years ago when my affection for the Lord was very strong. And, and I remember when my hunger was truly rooted in the Lord first, but that seemed like that was a long time ago. But, but now if I'm honest, sin has crept in and, and my heart has deceptively grown cold and, and, and my affections have slowly turned to the idolatry of the world. But listen, the Lord calls to you today. He calls to you for renewal in him. He calls for a renovation of the heart because the cleansed heart is, it is the renewed heart. And look what David says in, in verse 11. He says, cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. This is so important. Here's what David knows. David knows that renewal is impossible apart from the Holy Spirit. Renewal is not trying harder, loved ones. You can't manufacture renewal. Only thing you can do is beg for it by God. David here, he's not concerned about losing his salvation. That's not what's happening. David here is desperate for the power of God upon his life. And verse 11 implies this, is that David had previously known the power of the Holy Spirit in such a way that he wants it again but he knows it's the work of the grace of God upon his life. He knows it's by God's spirit that changes everything. And David loves the presence of God. I mean, just read the Psalms that David writes. He loves the presence of God because it's the presence of God that quickens the mind, that renews the heart. It's the presence of God that puts a song of praise on our lips. It's the presence of God, David says. We know the fullness of joy. We know his strength. We know his power. We know his love. It's the presence of God that fills us with love, that overflows our affections and that ignites our faith. David knows the presence of God is everything. Therefore, he says, cast not away, cast not off your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. And of course, Jesus in Luke chapter 11, he says, if you parents who are evil, meaning you have sin, and even you know how to give good gifts to your children, Jesus then says, how much more will the heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? How much more will the heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask. And this is what the cleansed heart knows. The cleansed heart knows the renewal of the grace of God by the Spirit of God. Now I know as believers in Christ that we have all of the Holy Spirit. But the question is, does the Holy Spirit have all of us? And that's what David's going after here. This is the heart of his prayer. He says, oh God, cleanse me, renew me, fill me. I need your Holy Spirit in order to live. That's why Paul says in Ephesians 5, do not be drunk with wine. Do not be drunk with alcohol. Some of us here, drunk, drunkenness with alcohol. Paul, do not be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit because then you will see the fruit of God's Spirit in your life and joy and gratitude and singing and worship. Literally, Ephesians 5, you will sing more because you're so filled with God's spirit as a fruit of him, you will submit, you will love. When you are filled with God's spirit, when you confess your sins, when your heart is cleansed, you find renewal. See, far too many Christians, the expectation of the presence of God in their lives is so low because maybe they know it not. They just, they just don't know what it's like to be truly filled with the spirit of God. I have no problem praying this prayer because I need him so much. God, we don't stand a chance apart from your Holy Spirit and your presence in us. 
Oh God, fill my life again. Oh God, empty me of sin and fill me with yourself. God, I need your waters to break forth in the wilderness. I need your streams to meet me in my desert. And some of you are here right now. And if you're honest, you've been in a desert place for a while. Your answer is the Lord. Your answer is confession of sin and saying, God created me a clean heart and then renew a right spirit within me. Renew me, Lord. Come, flood me. Flood me with the living water in the desert that I find myself in. Oh God, cleanse our heart, rejoice our heart, renew our heart. And notice this thirdly and finally, when you have a cleansed heart, we hear from the text here that you will find revival. That you will find revival. Look at verse 12. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. That's so beautiful. Whose salvation? God's salvation. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. Uphold me with a willing spirit. So notice there's renew and now there's restore. Again, David is longing for something he had previously known. So there was a time when David reveled in God's salvation. There was a time when his joy was full, but through his sin and through the hardening of his heart, he lost it. He lost it. Listen, listen, he wants it back. He wants it back. He wants the joy of God's salvation back in his life. And if you want the joy of God's salvation, listen, listen, you have to want it more than anything else. You have to want it more than food. You have to want it more than money. You have to want it more than comfort. You have to want it more than a new car in your driveway. You have to want it more than materialism. You have to want it more than your health physically. You have to want the joy that is found in the power of the gospel more than anything else. That is the heart that God chooses to work in. Notice from our context, a dirty heart kills joy, but a clean heart produces joy. Our world is so foolish. Our world thinks the more I can find pleasure in sin, the more I'll be joyful. When in fact, it rots us out from the inside. But notice here in the Psalm, repentance, confession, and cleansing is what truly results in joy. Why, why, why? Because you know what David said? Restore to me the joy of your salvation. It's the cleansed heart that understands it's a saved heart. I'm saved. I'm saved in Jesus Christ. This is the power of the gospel within our lives that you know that you have been redeemed, reconciled and restored to God all because of what he has done. You were dead in sin, but by the grace and the mercy of Jesus Christ, you remember again that you've been bought and paid for by the blood of Jesus Christ. You will never die. You are going to heaven. You've been set free. And you sit in that moment. You get that truth through your mind. You let your heart be filled with the reality that I am free. I am saved. I'm going to heaven is guaranteed. I'm a child of God. I belong to the lamb. I cannot be lost. I'll forever be found. I've been given sight. I have life. I am new. Again, I'm free. The chains are gone. Satan has no hold on me. All these things are happening. And this reality, you understand the joy of his salvation. This is available us to us every single day. And so David prays, when I confess my sins, I see you as I ought. My heart is cleansed. When my heart is cleansed, I'm renewed in joy. I'm renewed in life. And I'm revived in reality that I am a child of God. And when you see that, that's when your day becomes a very good day again. Again. That's the power. That's the power of good theology. That's the power of David say. That's the power though of a cleansed heart. Oh God created me a clean heart. God, I need you. I need you to create in me a clean heart. You know, for some of us right now, what we have to do, we have to repent of the fact that we have been seeking joy in things that can't give us it. For some of us, Lord, Lord, I repent. I have been, I have been worshiping the world. I have been worshiping an item 
There's not a carved image on my fireplace mantle per se, but there's a carved image in my driveway that I count more precious than I do you. That will kill our joy in a hurry. So we repent of the fact that we have not loved him first. But see, then we begin to see that the reason he's drawing us to this place is because he loves us so much. Loved ones, because God loves you, he won't let you stray. And that's why he convicts us. The Holy Spirit, the gospel of John 14, he's come to bring conviction. That's God's way to love us back to what's actually life, him. A cleansed heart, a renewed heart, a revived heart. And notice within our text, and renew verse 10, and, and renew a right or steadfast spirit within me. Verse 12, and uphold me with a willing spirit. So here's the power of a clean heart. Some of you want to give up right now. Some of you, life is just too hard. It's, it's, it's just unbearable. All the sin, sin brings us down. It kills us. Notice the power of a clean heart is you are cleansed, you rejoice, you're renewed, you're revived, and you also have a refusal to give up. I refuse to give up because I'm being upheld with a, a, a willing spirit. I'm being renewed in a steadfast spirit that is within me because what God has done. This is what God does. You're tempted to give up. You are cleansed from sin. And now God is fully living in you and through you. And therefore you don't want to give up because the Holy Spirit has taken over again. A loved ones, God wants your heart. And he's coming for it today. Oh God, I need a clean heart. Your sin has brought you down for too long. The lies of the enemy have been listened for for too long. The futility of the world's ways has quenched the spirit of God in your life for too long. It's time. It's time for a change. It's time to take the trash to the curb. It's time to burn away the chaff. It's time to beg the Lord for a change of heart. It's time to be cleansed from sin and filled with God. I'll say it again. God wants your heart. Loved ones, listen so carefully. Messages like this are everything. And that's why there's so much opposition. That's why people stand up and walk out and do all sorts of things during it because it's about everything in life. There's nothing more important. We could preach about this and that and five ways to do this and seven ways to do that. And here's how to be a little more happy within your life. That doesn't matter compared to this. If you get this right, you get everything right. And the place we start is we beg God to create in us a clean heart. And he wants to do that because he loves us so much. If you're here today, again, I'll say it again, I'll say it again, I'll say it again. If you are here right now and you feel conviction, that's God's love, not guilt, conviction. That's God's love. He loves you too much to let you sit in the ditch forever. He loves you too much. Like any parent would go and say, my child, you're hurt. You're all messed up. Come here, let me care for you. You gotta come this way. I gotta be able to bless you. Come with me. God does the same thing. My child, you're in the ditch. Get out of the ditch. Come with me. I call you back. Admit you did wrong. And now I'll love and 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 I'll love because I love. Here's grace, here's grace, here's grace, here's grace. Here's power, here's joy, here's renewal, here's life, here's mercy, here's mercy, here's grace, here's love. For the heart that wants it. The greatest thing David did in the Psalm, he was broken enough to ask for it. That was the difference. No excuses, no blaming, ownership of sin and a faith in the God who can cleanse. So he calls out, 
Create in me a clean heart. Oh God. God wants your heart. And he's calling for it today. The strength of David here is that nothing held him back. He was trying to impress no one. All he could do was plead for God. Some of us here right now, we have unforgiveness in our heart that's been holding us back for literally years. Some of us are here right now and we're engaged in sin currently that you know is just flat out awful. Sin with other people, sin that is hidden, whatever it is. Some of us here right now, we've been playing games in church for too long. It's just been this stream of, well, I come and I go, but I'm not really the same person here as I am there. God says, I want your heart. God says, those, those games are done. Child, would you give up? Some of us here, we've been holding on, clenched fists, controlling our lives, too afraid to surrender for so long. And God says, will you trust me today? For the first time ever, will you trust me? Will you give up your life in order to allow it to be mine, God says. It's the person who says, oh God, create in me a clean heart. You must create in me a clean, a clean heart. Have you been challenged or encouraged recently by something that you heard on this program? This is your opportunity to step forward and give so someone else can be encouraged like you have been. You can give to Live in the Light online at liveinthelight.ca or by calling us at 844-225-4448. We can't wait to hear from you. Thanks for listening today. Join us next time on Live in the Light.